Hello, uh, my name is Kevin Polkey, and I am the host of The Journey. And The Journey is uh, a show that uh, we've been doing for a couple years now. Uh, I think we're, we're coming up on three, three years, two and a half years right now. And um, been very, very fortunate to be able to have a host of guests who have come on and told their stories of transformation, um, of overcoming uh going through obstacles that they've had in their life. And most importantly, what did they learn um, as they experienced those obstacles and as they experienced um, uh, going, going through those setbacks. Uh, today, I am going to talk about another story of uh, transformation. This particular story is a story that I've been familiar with for a long time. Many of you may have been familiar with this story as well. It is um, from an ancient text, uh, a wisdom, uh, a wisdom, uh, a book of wisdom. Um, and and I guess I guess I want to preface this ahead of time. Um, I was reading the the newspaper this morning, and there was an article that referred to um, of all the the major faiths. In, in the world, uh, Christianity, uh, Judaism, uh, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, uh, Baha'i, uh, Hindu, um, that in this particular time period of the month of April um, in 2022, there are all those have some aspect of a major significant religious holiday during that, um, during the month of April. And so um, this particular story that I'm going to read, read to us and then um, have some reflection on was the story that was the, the basis or the text um, when I attended our Easter service. Um, Diane and I attended our Easter service at um, our church. Um, we've had him, uh, Pastor Dan Hines, on the, um, on the show before. He did a phenomenal job with this, and um, I am going to try to uh, paraphrase some of the things that he talked about and then add a couple things as well. The text that he used uh, was probably, as he put it, a non-traditional Easter um, message. He focused on the idea that God, through Jesus, is focused on and desiring relationship, and that he wants um, he, and I say that he only from uh, uh, for, for uh, our speaking purposes today, that, that God um, wants to be able to have a relationship with us and wants us that because of that relationship, wants us to be able to focus on not only our relationship with ourself, but then also our relationship with other people. So this particular text is uh, referred to as the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. Again, it is written um, in, in Jesus' time when he, when he walked the earth, and historically during that time period, because he was um, a, a Jew, he, it was in the, in the Middle, Middle Eastern um, part near um, Judea and um, where Jerusalem was. And so this particular text was from the book of Luke, um, and this was uh, Luke's interpretation of the parable that Jesus spoke about. So Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So Dan pointed out 
that for number one, for a son to even ask for his inheritance prior to being dead would be extremely disrespectful, let alone the fact that the younger son would not be awarded as much as the older son in that tradition as well. But this idea of asking for his inheritance while his father was still alive would be um, a great sign of disrespect. And in some uh, teachings, they would say that it could be even punishable by death. Um, but that is not how the father responds. He did not respond in anger. Um, he actually responded by granting the request. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against, sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fat, fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has... He has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been um, slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and now is alive. He was lost and now is found. Um, so there's a couple things that I want um that I want to focus on as we reflect on this particular story. Um, one, as Pastor Dan pointed out, that this story is this parable, as many of Jesus' teaching was, um, was, was set in a context for the listener, for us, to be able to identify with the different characters. And 
the 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 characters, as Dan pointed out, was about relationships, the relationship with God, the relationship with self, and the relationship with others. <clears throat> In some ways, um, we can look at this, this humanly father as, as symbolic or metaphorically as the heavenly father, or as God as you understand him. That this idea that unlike some teachings, that this particular um, this particular God, this particular Father, was not going to follow the normal customs, but that love overshadowed that. Even if he didn't understand, or even agree with what his younger son's wishes were, that he was that he was going to um, give what the what he wanted because. The younger son thought that that was somehow going to make him happy, or somehow maybe it was a way for him to find his own independence. But like many times, uh, when we take matters into our own hands, when we reject the wisdom that could be imparted from us, and we go after uh, seeking immediate gain and pleasure, that that not only could we potentially squander it away, but when hard times come, such as a famine, we may find ourselves destitute and lost. It is sometimes in that destitution and loss is when we, and maybe only then, when we hit some bottom. In this particular case in the story, it's reflected in the way that he has hit this bottom as he comes to a census, or an AA that he had, he had enlightenment or a spiritual moment for him to say, not as an entitled person, not as someone who, who thinks that he has a right to, but he is hoping that his father would have grace and have mercy on him to hire him as a servant, not to take him in, um, to, to be a field servant, maybe to not take him in even as a house servant, not definitely not to recognize him as an equal or part of the family anymore. I think those two parts of being able to see that in the story, God is represented of, of having uh, mercy and grace, though he may very well have been able to see the big picture of what could have happened, that he will allow us to have that that free will to make the choices that we're gonna that we're gonna make. That when he returns, he saw him off in the distance. And unlike the traditions of the time where men would not ever seen themselves of out of control or seen running, he ran toward his son and embraced him. That that this gesture of, of celebrating because his son has now returned. He was less concerned about the speech that he had probably practiced many, many times because he saw that he was coming with a humble heart that had been broken due to his choices. There was no judgment in those choices because he had already been experiencing the judgment and the natural consequence of it.
then the idea that the older son who had been faithful and who had been committed, who had been obedient and followed all the directives, all the commands, all the orders, all the rules, his intolerance for the dad celebrating this lost one that came home, the, this, this deviant who had come home, feeling that he was not ever given the same type, that there was this injustice regarding that. But the father made it clear to the older son is that I don't love you any less or any more. I have the same amount of love for both. And that the older son had been there loved by the father this entire time. It was never about works that earned the love. It was, it was, about, it, it was about relationship. It, it was about <clears throat> that the idea that um, the choices that the younger son made, he was experiencing his own hell. And maybe now the older son was experiencing his own hell because he was burning with anger and maybe even envy. So I think as the father invites the older son to have relationship with his brother and to see his brother as the father sees him and accepting the younger son for who he is, not for what he's done. I think there are some huge lessons. I think of myself in that time period of what was it must have been like when the, when the son <clears throat> was rejecting and leaving the father that that he he was believing that to go on his own path meant that he couldn't just leave in an honorable way that he had to do it in in an angry or a dishonorable or disrespectful way that the grief of not knowing what was happening with his son during this time period, probably filling in the blank with all those mixed questions. A, a character, probably because of the time where women were not necessarily seen as equals, mothers were not seen as equals. But in today's tradition, in today's time, we'd be asking, what about the mom? What about the mom? What about the mother? What was her heartache of the rejection like? What was her grief? Not just the grief of her son leaving, but the grief of her son rejecting her husband. As any good story, as any good piece of literature. It's what does the story provoke within you? At different times when I've listened or read the story, based upon different time periods in my life, I have seen myself definitely as the younger son. I have definitely seen myself as the older son. 
and now more recently because of being a father of a young adult, I know what it's like to also be now in the father's role. As you think about this ancient wisdom text, this, this story that, like all good stories, is still living today, think about what does it mean for you? Does it, does it give you an opportunity to see God in a potentially a different light? Does it give you an opportunity to maybe, if, if God can love me without conditions, can I look in the mirror and do the same? Or, or maybe it's about your relationship with someone else. Can I be like the father? Do I find myself being the older brother? If I am the younger brother, can I stay humble when my older brother rejects me? Can I be humble enough to be non-judgmental like the father? Again, I invite you into listening to the story. Go back and read the story yourself and reflect on what does the story have or can teach you about where you're at and your particular thing that you're wrestling with today. And then at some point when you're wrestling with one of those three relationships, with you and your relationship with God, or you and your relationship with yourself, or your relationship with someone else, maybe you can come back and let the story speak to you once again. As always, um, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening. And if for some reason any of this spoke to you um, and you think that someone else um, could benefit from it, please share it and, um, and see if you can pass that on. As always, again, thank you for being here and look forward to being with you next week.